Welcome to Pod Save Africa. 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 Welcome. Hello, welcome back to Pod Save Africa. You have your host with you again. I can't do that and I have Lion Consola as well with me. How at the listeners? Hi everyone. Gotcha. How's your week? Awesome, awesome. You know, they can't respond, but yeah, feel free to hit I us know. up on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know how your week was. Like, tell us about your week. Tell, about us, tell us about who's been stressing you at work. We want to know. Um, but moving forward, uh, today is a news update. Um, we're going to be bringing all types of stories from all the different parts of the continent. Everything from the ongoings in Ethiopia with their new cabinet and their new female president. Um, the killings in Kaduna, um, Cameroon's Paul Bia winning another election, uh, the kidnapping of Africa's youngest billionaire, uh, a little note from Lagos Fashion Week, and a few more stories that will that you need to know going into the next week. Um, let's get started after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Fries. Fries. Fries? Fries. Fries are delicious. <laughs> All right, let's, 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 let's get into it. All right. So um, the first story of this week is uh, in, coming from Ethiopia. Uh, a new female, a new woman president, I prefer to say it that way, um, was selected by Ethiopia's parliament on Thursday. And uh, her name is President Sally Work Zadeh. Um, she's a veteran of the United Nations and the Diplomatic Corps. Uh, the appointment is, is largely symbolic because the president in Ethiopia is not necessarily um, um, the major leader, the, the prime minister technically is. Um, but it also comes on the, on the back of, of a cabinet reform shuffle last week, where half of the, in which half of the women, of the ministers in the, in the government are now women, which is excellent. Um, in the remarks in Parliament after she took her oath of office, she emphasized the importance of respecting women and the need to build a society that rejects the oppression of women. She also promised to work for peace and unity in the country. The new president, Abiy Ahmed, downsized the number of ministers from 28 to 20 and then gave 10 of those positions to women, um, including top security posts like the Minister of Defense and head of the newly formed Ministry of Peace. Um, this is all fantastic news, and uh, yeah, any thoughts? Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but she's currently the only female president of an African country. country. Yep, yep, that would be correct. Uh, Ellen Charlotte Johnson was just she just uh, her her term just uh, ran out. So yeah, that's correct. Right, and it's cool that she'll be president for for six years, hopefully, because that's the term length. Yep. Um, in Ethiopia, so that's pretty cool. And I just want to mention, like, kudos to Ethiopia. They've been on, on going some major, major strides. Like, yeah, not even yeah. small they've, steps. They've been making starting strides. With, yeah, starting with making up with Eritrea and yep. opening their border. Yep. And, um, you know, the president and, you know, yep. everything just seems to be going well for yep. them. And I hope that they can keep 
keep up person will have like Rwanda and Ethiopia being talked about as you know that's the, promising, the promising yep 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 i mean countries it's, you know like when progress needs to be made you have to make big um clear moves that states your intent and i think this is one of those big clear moves um, yes all right so super impressive super impressive so our next story comes from kaduna um unfortunately uh there have been a spate of killings in kaduna authorities in nigeria have def- deployed special forces to northern kaduna um and declared a 24-hour curfew in the state's capital following communal violence that, that killed dozens of people. Um, the order follows violence that broke out between Muslim and Christian communities in the Kasowan Magani area of southern Kaduna, which left about 55 people dead. Um, the class apparently started with a fight in a market that eventually broke out into full-scale violence. Uh, the Kaduna state government also confirmed the killing of a, ki- of a kidnapped monarch of Atamadara, Maiwada Galadima. Um, this is an area in the, the more Christian region. Um, another, and that, that is also one of the elements factoring into the current um, unrest. Um, just to give you some, just some location, Kaduna, the state, is, is kind of the part of Nigeria where the predominantly Muslim northern part of Nigeria meets the predominantly Christian south. So this is a, this is a, an unfortunate event. I got some thoughts. You know, Kaduna, uh, once upon a time, used to be one of those places that, although it was in the north, people who were not northern were free to live there. Yeah. I've heard of so many people, you know, oh, I used to live in Kaduna, and my first instinct is to go, go ah, isn't that kind of dangerous? But it's interesting to see the turn of 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 events that now it's more, it's it's difficult to live there and you hear of these um very very sad cases and i hope yeah. things can turn around for the better yeah. hopefully uh, unfortunately i'm not too optimistic that it will given the current state of nigeria and mm. boko haram yeah. and our lack of clear um presidency or direction from a president so it's just yeah, I, th- I think though that uh, the, the governor of Kaduna is El Rufai, who seems to be at least above average when it comes to leadership and kind of the, the states in Nigeria. So hopefully he can make uh, bold moves to ensure that you know you know safety is kept and peace you know reigns in these regions. I mean, unrest is a very difficult thing because oftentimes. Um, when it boils over, you're seeing kind of the symptom of a, of a larger problem. Um, so. It's not necessarily that easy to figure out what the problem is. It's easy to to chalk it down to, oh, they're Christians, they're Muslims, they just have to fight. But um, I don't believe that to be the case personally. I think there's a lot more going on, and um, hopefully, hopefully things can be resolved as amicably as possible. Um, as a follow up to that story, apparently within the time we're compiling the story now, um, more lives have been lost in additional unrest in that region as well. So um, if you can keep uh, Kaduna oh, in your prayers that would be that would be particularly um, um, important yeah this is so sad yep. so on to our next story <sighs> Cameroon's Paul Bia can I I want to say this you want to say you want to say this one all right go ahead yes go ahead, go ahead. I mean just for the fun of it uh, not for the fun, fun of it but you know Loki Cameroon's lucky for the fun of it um, Cameroon's president Paul Bia wins his seventh term. Yeah, so, you yes, heard that um, lucky number seven. Congratulations. Seventh. So, President 
uh, Bia is one of those uh, present for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the ringleader. Uh, <laughs> he is <laughs> he is 85 years old and is sub-Saharan Africa's oldest leader. He took 71%, 71.3% of the vote according to the official results. And he's been president for 35 years. 35 Yay. years. <laughs> Earlier this year, an investigation found that President Bia had has spent nearly five years out of the out of the country on private trips. So I think him and uh, Buhari are friends. Yeah, in, yeah, travel in that bloggers. Trip. Travel bloggers. Travel bloggers. <laughs> and an extra year away on official visits. In 2006 and 2009 alone, President Bia spent a third of both years out of the country. Uh, President Bia's private trips, which are shrouded in secrecy, have been met with protests at home and abroad. He is thus likely to be an absentee president for his next term. For his next term, that is true. Uh, and then for his term after that. And then yeah, for his term yeah. after that. <laughs> so, just speaking of his next term, at the end of this term that he just won in, he will be 92 years old. He would have led Cameroon for about 43 years as president. And though, and though he headed... Um, Cameroon's government since 19... He's headed Cameroon's government since 1975 as Prime Minister under a previous president. He features near the top of two interesting lists of African leaders. He's currently Africans, Africa's second longest serving leader beca- behind Teodoro Obiang, Nguema, oh boy, of Equatorial Guinea, and is also the continent's second oldest leader behind Tunisia's Beji Kaid Esebsi, who is 91 years old at this time. So yeah, these uh, geriatric folk are, are, are staying vital, unfortunately. I saw a tweet about how uh, black don't crack is actually a problem in African countries. These old leaders refuse. Please let black crack. Please let black crack. So, yeah. Sometimes black needs to crack. Sometimes, not every time don't crack. Sometimes you're 92 is enough, bro. Alright, so on to the next story. Uh, Africa's youngest billionaire, Mohamed Dauji, has been returned safely after kidnapping. Um, He has been released on hand by his kidnappers 10 days after he was snatched outside a luxury hotel in Tanzania. Who is Mohammed Delji, you might ask, this young brash never heard of guy. that you may have never heard of. He's <laughs> never actually, heard of hey, like Skippy but he's the chief executive of Metal Group. Um, Metal Group is involved in a diverse range of manufacturing, farming, transport, infrastructure, agro-processing, and telecoms businesses spanning about 11 African countries. So yeah, you know, they'd be working. We know that at least we have some general sense of the, the source of his wealth. Um, the country's Minister of Environment said that the kidnappers freed Mr. Delji by jump, dumping him in a field in the early hours of Saturday morning. I believe there's actually a video online of people like, like grabbing him as he was getting out from his Range Rover or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's great that he's been returned, um, but it's an interesting kind of factor that when you start to think about it, you know, the suffering and the struggles in in, in on the African continent that eventually they get to the rich as well, you know, so you know the, the insecurity all of that if you think like you can avoid it just by having money You know, it seems like it's eventually the, the talons of suffering eventually reach everybody somewhere or another So fortunately he was released alive, but you know there are many ways that could have that could have gone wrong um, so yeah um, 
I know this is sort of a silly question to ask, but like, is he like legit, like his business practices and um, stuff? It seems so. I couldn't find much as far as like any controversy regarding him specifically and his, his company. His company, you know, is, is actively involved. I think they do, um, they do a lot. They own a lot of other companies, right? So they own mm -hmm. a lot of other businesses. So they might not be the face you see on top of everything. Um, but it right. seems it seems it seems legit. It seems legit. I couldn't find that much information regarding them, but it seems legit. I couldn't, you know, I can't tell you that that he. But you know, I also have my natural skepticism, like you seem to be expressing. That on the African continent, many people have just been been benefactors of governments, governments nonsense in one way or another. I also hold that skepticism, right. but I don't have any proof to say that he's been involved, right. so I won't say that. Which which is not to say that's why he should be kidnapped. Yes, yes, just, yes. You know, Kidnap all of them. Kidnap them. <laughs> I'm just Kidnap. curious as to the motive behind, other than him being a rich person, like what else could be the motive behind him being kidnapped? Yeah. If, you know, some scandalous one party is like, oh, yeah. You know, he, he under G does it for not yeah. under G, they just right <laughs> with yeah, so, curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm also like, I look at their website, they seem like very non I guess. I, yeah, <laughs> don't they always? Yeah, don't they always? Right? Yeah, everybody <laughs> has fun websites, but um, yeah, on to our next story. Um, uh, this is just a shout out to Lagos Fashion Week. We see y'all out there, it's beautiful. It began on the commence on 24th. October and it will be going through to the tw oh the 27th so it ended yesterday actually so they had lots of like exhibitors and uh, fashion designers from all over the continent and lots of like big you know fashion stars and actors and actresses and this influencers as they like to call themselves uh, showed up for the event and yeah it, I saw a lot of photos lots of stuff looked interesting I'm not um you know my myself you know <laughs> my fashion skills are quite uh <laughs> uh, I have quite an expertise, I would say, in fashion. To be <laughs> so, you know, if you're listening and you're no trying need to, to reveal your yash. get a, no a, a stylish, <laughs> I mean, we'd be, we'd be dressing, dressing. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. So, yeah, I, I liked a lot of the stuff I saw. It's, it's always interesting to see kind of fusion between culture and what is fashionable, like thematic themes and things like that. It was, it was very, it was very interesting. So yeah, you guys can check it out. Just type into your Google Lagos Fashion Week. And I think the website is actually lagosfashionweek.ng or something like that. So go ahead, get in there, look at some styles. It's always cool to connect with the culture. Um, and you can also find the next thing you want to tell your tailor to sew you. So there you <laughs> go, there you go, there you go. All right, so on to our, uh, Anika, any thoughts on Lagos Fashion Week? I love it, Lagos Fashion Week. I mean, mm. I've never been in Lagos to experience yeah, it, I but know. I love seeing the pictures from it because yeah. people are so people creative. Oh. Yeah, people oh. are so creative, especially like combining our um, textures with you know what's more mo modern and seeing what they can create from that is just and you know seeing all the stars dress up to it. Yeah, yeah, I nice. like it. I think. It's a happy season. It really is. It so. really is. Um, so next up, we've got we get, we're gonna go to Uganda. Okay, we got we got a lot of a lot going on in Uganda. 
Uh, Uganda has opened Africa's fifth largest bridge in Jinja in the eastern part of the country. The 525 meter long cable stay bridge was funded by the Japanese International Corporation Agency. Note I said what? The Japanese International, so not the Chinese this time, so you can all relax. Okay, let's relax. Relax. The bridge has been named the source of the Nile Bridge. It's an interesting name. And the project cost about $112 million, which is just, you know, some money. A lot of money. The government of Japan financed 80% of that amount as a loan of about $100 million at an annual interest rate of 0.01%, repayable in 10 years but extendable up to 40 years. Now those loan terms actually kind of look good to me, but like, I like, also I've never taken a loan of $100 million, so I don't really know. I don't know how that thing will be slapping me. Anyways, uh, the new bridge is built across the Victoria now and is expected to reduce the heavy traffic that passes through Nalubale Bridge. Which was, which was built about 64 years ago. The president also said that 67% of the technical staff were Ugandan engineers and the bridge was completed in a short four years. Also, Kanye West visited Uganda and gave the president Museveni some easies. Yeah. <laughs> thoughts on either of those stories? Uh, I saw the Kanye West visiting Uganda and I, I mean... President Museveni invited him and his wife Kim mm -hmm. to to visit, and I was like, "Why?" Yeah, <laughs> and very, uh, but also, President Museveni needs some good press, so really, okay, especially really now. Well, so I, I I think I kind of get that, but I was also like, "What would they talk about?" Like, yeah. Kaya is barely contributing to American politics. <laughs> talk about you know contributing uh, <laughs> exactly like. <laughs> at least usefully contributing so right. talk about you know uganda but also it was i guess it was interesting to see them looking out of place and like yeah it really just looked very uncomfortable for the most part but yes. yeah kudos. it got some yes. easies man i heard they're comfortable but am i gonna spend 500 dollars on this i shoe? guess it cannot be me i guess it cannot be me. um anyways moving on to our next story sierra leone has cancelled plan to build a 400 million a 400 million dollar new airport with chinese labor unknowns according to a letter written last week by the country's minister of transport and aviation the plan has repeatedly been criticized by international financial institutions for the additional burden it will place on sierra leone's external debt we looked at the figures and this would actually i think triple their debt so the the, the, the loan would have more than the current debt they have um, in his statement, the minister said, after serious consideration and due diligence, it is the government's view that it is uneconomical to proceed with the construction of a new airport when the existing one is grossly underutilized. The new airport in the village of Mama, Mama, hmm, sorry, Mama, Ma, outside the capital Freetown, was a flagship project of the former president Ernest Baikoroma, who, after four years of negotiations and delays, signed a loan agreement in March this year, just days before the election that pushed out his party out of power. His successor, President Julius Madabio, had criticized the airport plan during his campaign as a sham project. Now, just an interesting quick fact. The new president had also disparaged other Chinese infrastructure schemes. However, however, during a visit to Beijing last month, Bill proposed a new plan to 
to state-backed Chinese firm Power China International to build a bridge linking the capital Freetown to the existing Lungi Airport, which is now only accessible by boat and helicopter. The bridge project is estimated to cost $1.3 billion, more than four times the cost of the new airports. Chief Minister David Francis told journalists last month that the bridge was a central part of the government's drive to improve services at Lungi. So, has anybody seen the, the maths I'm doing in my head? <laughs> like, if you just built the newer airports in an area that was more accessible, you would save the cost of building a bridge that costs four times the amount of the airports. But I'm not, not the president. Anyways, yeah. So, any kind of thoughts? You know, I've been thinking more and more about uh, like China and um, Africa's relations. Yeah. And one thing that's been mentioned is that China has lot of debt so i guess they don't see they don't necessarily see a problem when they loan to african countries and the debt of african countries increase because right i mean that that's i guess kind of what they're well, used to is it like external debt or internal debt because many countries have like internal debt through like treasury bonds i b- i believe it's external like mm. to the imf oh. um but I also know I also know that they have created their own version of the IMF. Um, really? But I, this this is not a hundred percent. I'm not sure, but I, I'm pretty sure I read that um, in the course of preparing for that episode. But I also I also see why they would want to reduce because that is never a good thing. Yeah. You know. Uh, I personally don't like to owe people money. Talk to yeah. some of the whole country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, if you leverage it right and use it to make more money than you owe over a period of time, great. But yeah, if you can't pay, if it's unsustainable, that that's when it's really, really a problem. Yes, and well, yes, yeah, you're right. And that can be a form of control too. Mm-hmm. If you owe someone money, they can yeah. technically control you. Yeah. So I can see why you, um, Sierra Leone, want cancel. Um, like more debt because yeah. they don't want to feel like the country has more control yeah yeah china I, has control over them I which agree. is one of one of the backlashes of china and africa's relationship yeah. in the first place yeah. i actually have a book so. i'm reading right now that i just ordered um and i'm going to do a, a book review on this podcast when i'm done with it of my thoughts on the book but it's basically about uh like china's activities on the continent i can't remember the name at this time but i will Say it hopefully before the end of this uh, podcast. Oh, God, do you want to share the rest of our uh, latent stories, the stories we won't be talking so much about? Yeah, I mean, this one I'm a bit hesitant to share it because you know, it's why, not really what the you, podcast. Why you, why you? It's not really what the podcast is about. You know, we, we like to we like to keep things serious for yes. the most part. No, it's, but it's very serious. Um, recently, we, we got word that. The current South Africa Home Affairs Minister, um, mm. sex tape got released. Oh my god! So, so he's taking to um, Twitter to social media to apologize to his wife and his family. But I, when I first saw the headline, I saw the irony in it because he's like, um, his name is Malusi Gigaba, mm. by the way. Mm. But I saw the irony in it because he's like Home Affairs Minister. Right. And, yeah, <laughs> and his Home Affairs are all over tape. the... Right. The question is, you know, was it sex tape with or with... Was it with his wife 
Oh, was he wilding? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and this, you know, this broke out over the last day or so. So. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's hot, hot, hot news. It's hot news. <sighs> yeah, we are. Uh, oh, actually, I see that the minister was involved in solo sex act. Oh no. Asking oh. the recipient of the recording. Uh, to imagine oh, no. having sex with oh, him, no. you know. Oh, no. So whoever the recipient oh, no. was, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah, guys. Uh, you know, Pot Save Africa bringing you the most important vital news for you to know. Um, yeah. Any anything else? Anything else going on, Erica? Now I'm good. I mean, <laughs> after that, I would have preferably liked to keep that off the podcast. Yeah, but I guess. I, I let the people know. Okay. Let the people uh, know. And the, the other thing we wanted to share with you guys as well was that uh, you guys might have to be aware of Humans of New York going to Rwanda and sharing stories um, about the genocide and, and really mm-hmm. just shedding light on, on a topic that honestly um hasn't been discussed especially from the perspective of the people who experienced this i would strongly suggest that you um listen listen in you you read their stories on on humans of new york's instagram um, page we will also maybe discuss it on this podcast i what do you think about that um maybe we get what i like someone raised a good point like uh they they wish Kind of a similar take had been done uh, in Nigeria like, with yeah. Bi- Biafra and like on evil people. Because yeah. yeah. I don't even. I don't know much about looking, it. Man. I don't know much about it yeah. either. And I really wish I did. I really yeah. wish I understood the of some of the. Yeah. yeah, I wish I understood more about the contempt. Because there's still, there's still fractions, you know, there's yeah. still like. I mean, the of this strategy really was just unbelievable. Yes. I mean. Yes. And the scale is, you know. It's hard to imagine, like when people tell the stories of their mothers, yeah. of their fathers, and their experiences. I'm like, wow, you mean this? This for real happened? It's hard to imagine that being so close, yeah. and it is. And I'd like yeah. to put this out there to all of our listeners: if you're somebody who uh, personally has a connection to the Biafran War, um, or, or stories around that Biafran War, either through your parents, you personally, um, your 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 family, please let us know. We'd be more than happy to love... share your story on this podcast. So to even support. Love to however you feel comfortable sharing it of course it's it's at your will if you're comfortable doing it i understand that this is an incredibly significant and could be an incredibly emotional um, um topic to even venture into but we would really love to hear from you and to to, to discuss with you so please um reach out to us um hit us up on our instagram everybody follow our instagram at pod save africa it's popping on our instagram guys it really is yes i love our instagram I mean, we'd be ugh, our instagram is five man man yeah. thirst traps man, thirst yeah wow okay um, no, um no, some of the that we don't share on yep. here we share it on yeah yeah and um, we try to keep it like yep yep engaging and asking you questions yeah. and putting like video clips little video clips that yeah. you know yeah. How to keep things interesting. So you yeah. should definitely check it out. Please check I've it enjoyed out. Follow us, follow it hit us up. Yeah, like I really enjoy the content there as well. So please uh, hit us up. And just as a final note before we head off, um, the book I was referencing that I'm going to discuss on this podcast is China's Second Continent, uh, How a Million Migrants Are Building a New Empire in Africa by French Howard. Mm. So that's the book I'm going to discuss. One of my friends actually shout out Can to you give it to me? After I read, Let me read first now. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. Is this it? Are we? Is this? Anyways. anyways. Um, 
one of my friends, Ebenezer, suggested it. Shout out to you, Ebenezer. Thanks for the suggestion. I'm about to get into it. I just finished uh, Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. But yo, that book is amazing. You are and just also, reading it. Auntie, ha. I read a lot of books, okay? I'm a busy man. All right. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get this back to you guys. Thanks for the recommendation, Ebenezer. And um, yeah, uh, guys, that's that's really it for this week. Um, we'll be sharing, like, our stories pop up during the week. We'll be sharing them on our Instagram page, of course. And Twitter. And our Twitter page as well. So um, holler at us. We love you guys, of course. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Any last thoughts on you no, but like as you were saying, follow us on Instagram. It's more simple to follow us on Instagram. That's just Pod Save Africa. Oh, but dear. also follow us on Twitter, Pod yeah. Save Africa. But the O is a zero. zero yep. So it's P zero D Save mm-hmm, Africa. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. And the zero signifies that there's no one else who care about more than you guys. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, bye guys. Bye.